Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday evening Bible class of the Laurel Church of Christ. We're glad you could join us this evening. We've been studying from the book of 2 Corinthians. This week, we're going to be in chapter 9. So if you would follow along with us this evening, we hope that we will be able to enlighten you, encourage you, uplift you, and make you a more generous person. Again, thank you so much for joining us this evening, and we hope that you get something from the class. Let us pray. Almighty Father in heaven, we thank you for this evening, and we thank you for all the blessings that you give us. Father, as we study generosity, sowing and reaping, following your word, we ask you to open our hearts and open our understanding to all the ways that we can be generous within your kingdom. Thank you, Father, for all that are participating this evening. We ask you to bless us and keep us in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. My name is Paul Wharton, and for the next 45 minutes or so, we're going to be uh, moving through the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 9. And as we do, this is a really one of my favorite uh, chapters within 2 Corinthians, actually chapter 8 and 9, because it gives us the opportunity just to see the importance of our giving and our willingness to give. We're gonna open our lesson this evening. And as we move through, we're gonna ask you to uh, turn with us in your Bibles. We're gonna start 2 Corinthians chapter nine, and we're gonna have verses one through five read. If one of the brothers would prepare for that. Brother Sean Holt, would you read that for us this evening? Yes, sir. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses one through five. For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia and Achaia, was ready for a year ago, and your zeal has provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready, lest happily if they of Macedonia come with me and find, ye find you unprepared. We that say, not ye, should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they should go before you that they should go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, where, whereof ye had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Thank you very much, my brother. That, of course, was the, the King James Version. And uh, as you're following along with us, uh, certainly we want to keep our focus on on what we are talking about this evening. And certainly as Paul starts out there in chapter nine, um, he lets them know again that, you know, Titus is eager, he's eager, and they are really uh, ready to make sure that these things happen. And as we start, 
let me remind you, put up your hand so that we can call on you. We can open your mic and you can uh, contribute vocally to this class or type in on that chat line a comment or a thought that you may have so that we can share this experience to the fullest. Again, Paul was eager. Titus was enthusiastic about the work that he was doing. I want you just to think within yourselves and then someone raise your hand. I want you to let us know why we should be eager to give. Why should a Christian be eager to give? We have many opportunities. Just let, let me hear from you right now. Why should we as Christians be eager to give? It's a blessing to more blessed to give than receive. All right, that, that sounds very fine. So if that's the case, why should we be willing and eager to give? First of all, our giving always fulfills the need. There are needs that we don't always know about. I'm sure that our deacons as well as our elders, thank you very much, that's a good scripture, Acts 20, 35. Our deacons and elders have uh, challenges probably daily, in having to fulfill different needs of the body. To give is to be like God, and as good stewards Christ gave himself, we should have the same mindset. Amen. In preparing to lead the, the family at Laurel, there are a lot of challenges. We have to be prepared not only for those challenges, but as Christians, we have to be eager to look and to meet those challenges. Paul had been <laughs> bragging on the Corinthians to the Macedonians and to some of the others. And, um, you know, he was telling them that the Corinthians were, were ready to go, that they were ready to give, and they had already started a year ago. And um, as you read through there, especially as you look at some of those verses, was Paul completely certain about their willingness? What do you think? Let me read this verse for you. Verse number two in chapter nine. For I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about you to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year you and Achaia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm, your enthusiasm was stirred most of them to action. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove to be hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. Paul reinforces the fact that, listen, I've been blowing you up on how prepared, how willing, how enthusiastic you were to give. I just want to make sure that you're ready. I want to make sure that you understand this is about to happen. And in order to make take those precautions that they would be ready, Paul sent these brothers, sent Titus, sent the others 
so that they could let the people know that it was time to give. One of the things that we're going to talk about a little later this evening is the attitude in which we, we give. Our attitude should always be one of willingness. And not just willingness, but it should be one of preparation. <laughs> yeah, Carrie, I, I understand that. If for all of you, what I'm uh, laughing at, <laughs> Carrie, Carrie Clark said that Kansas City was, they were eager, but they just weren't prepared. And you know, that's, that's a very, very good point. In, in our eagerness, we really do have to be prepared. Paul was paving the way so these brothers could have their collection ready and that they would be prepared. And we have to look at our responsibility as far as our willingness and the preparation that we put in to give. <clears throat> How many of you sometimes are writing your checkout or, or figuring out what your contribution will be uh, sitting in the lesson as the collection plate is passed? I'm not saying anything is wrong with that. But sometimes you'll find that you're willing, but my goodness, I left my checkbook laying on a dresser. I hadn't figured on what I needed to do here, so I wasn't prepared. We need to be both generous and we need to be prepared. That starts with our attitude for giving. There is no reason for everything that God has blessed us as his children with for us not to be willing and anxious to give. I like to go back and look uh, again at a couple of these verses. I'm going to read um, verses 16, verses 6 through 15. I'll be reading from the NIV, but I want you to pay special attention to a very straightforward, very simple statement in verse number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Through us, 
your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proven yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Those are some very powerful words. Think about that. Verse number six, straightforward, very simple statement. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. As, as the saying goes, there's no error in that. If you want, if you want to receive, then you must give. If you want to receive much, then you must give much. What are we doing as stewards in God's kingdom? You know, we should be thoughtful and purposeful about our giving. Our giving shouldn't be something that's, oh, let me see, let's, let's see what I got left over here that I can put in this plate. Or um, I really don't know if I want to participate in that mission program because, you know, they use, they use a lot of resources. Our giving has to be something that, one, we want to do, that we have the right attitude. Two, we have to consider it. We have to think about it. We have to plan it. And three, in full, wholehearted purpose, we must commit ourselves to that giving. Let's not, quote unquote, make a vow and then go back on that vow. Let's not commit to, to giving and we haven't made a plan for that. A part of that scripture as we read through there, God is able to provide so we can always have something to give. Did you pick that up? Look at verse number eight. Read that verse to yourself, and I want you either to put it on the chat line or I want you to raise your hand and let me know what's the key word in that verse. Let me know the key word in verse number eight. Abound, maybe, read again. Anyone else? The key word in verse number eight, words repeated several times, so you get it. Key word in verse number eight. Carrie Clark says all, A-L-L. -L. When something is all, it's complete. It's full. It's all in. 
what we read there, sufficiency. Very good. That's a good word. But I believe the word all is really the key word. Let's look at that. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. And that all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Let me say this. Sometimes I've heard a statement made during the collection, and, and I don't think it's purposeful, but it, it just strikes me as, as very, very inconsistent with our belief. And the statement is somewhat akin to, and bless those that aren't able to give. I want everyone to be blessed, but everyone has something to give, let me tell you. You have something to give. God has provided all that we need so that we can give, and so that we will have ability to give on all occasions. Your generosity is a blessing from God and a blessing to God. Think about it. Let's, you know, think about the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. The priest passed him, the Levite passed him. Here comes this Samaritan. What did he do? What did he do? Listen, I'm in a hurry. I, I see you're injured, but I got to go. Nope. He stopped. He took whatever time was required. He saw to the man's aid. He didn't just say, whoa, boy, you're in pretty bad shape. Let me go get some help. But the Bible tells us, as we read through there in Luke 10, that he bandaged this man's wounds. And not only did he bandage them, but he put ointment on them so that they would begin the healing process. Then it tells us he put them on his donkey. Now, how many of us, if we were riding along on a little mule, would be willing to walk along with that mule and put someone else up on it? or maybe jump up on it ourselves and break the old mule down. The point that I'm trying to make is this. People that love God have been blessed and they find a way to allow their giving, not just money, but of their time, not just time, but of their compassion, of their empathy, of their sympathy, that support. What did we talk about when we first started our lessons here? That comfort that we all get and that we need one from another in order to make it from day to day. That can be a part of your generous giving to the family of God and to the people beyond these walls. How we view our generosity, how we share the resources that we have means an awful lot. And it means a lot 
to people that aren't always coming in direct contact with us. Let's look at verse number 12. Let me read that. It says, again, talking about being generous, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Do you ever think about, well, let me just ask you, how many of you have had the opportunity to volunteer down in our food pantry? Raise your hand. It should be a gang of hands going up. But people have had the opportunity to volunteer. Let me, let me call on, open D. Morris's microphone. D, what do you see in some of those people that come there to the food pantry? Most of them are very grateful. They're uh, happy to be here. They are happy for the prayers that we have with them. Uh, in fact, they look forward to that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And and that's what that verse means there, that the overflowing of many expressions of thanks to God, not just from Dee and Mary and Stephanie and I'm forgetting somebody else's name, but from all the people, Steve, that volunteer in the pantry. But the people that are there, they can feel that care. They can feel that concern that we have for them. And however their days or however their lives may have been, they have been boosted. They have been improved by coming there and sharing with the generosity that you, the members of Laurel, have provided. I want us to look to at verse number 12. And actually I, I hit that uh, a couple times, but in that verse, our giving, it shows us that our giving goes beyond the walls. It goes out into the community. It goes across the waters and across the airways. Our giving manifests itself in every imaginable way, from hard currency to food to study materials to support of missions. Our generosity manifests itself in so many ways to so many people that are beyond our family. And I just want to commend you. I want to thank you because that's the way the church is built. That's the way the church grows. Everyone, everyone wasn't born in the church, wasn't raised up in the church. Excusing you, Sean Holt. But people are drawn to the church by the people that they meet, the people that they come in contact with. These men, women, families are all blessed because of you and because of your generosity. And we should never allow ourselves to feel that we aren't willing to not only give, but to give sacrificially to support 
the cause of Christ and to aid those that are in need. And I want you to just think about it for a minute. And will somebody please raise your hand and give me a comment? Are you a generous Christian? In what way? Tell us how you've been generous or tell us what you believe your generosity to be or how it's been manifest. I'm looking here, we've got 49 people up in here. So somebody has feels their generosity has shown someplace. Let me see a hand raised there. Oh, I meant to tell you. Also, I can see everybody that's that's online, so I don't want to have to call you, uh, you know. So please raise your hand. All right. Hold on now. I'm doing all this talking. I lost. I lost my spot. All right, let's get Jerry Young. Unmute Jerry, please. Go ahead. Hey, brother. Um, I don't think that's a good question because I don't want to boast. You know, it could seem like you're boasting when you're trying to say how generous you are as a Christian. Um, I do plan my, my offering, but I'm also an ear for a lot of my sisters and brothers. Um, through, throughout the week. Um, and they're, they're here for me too. So I'm, I'm always giving my time to whoever needs it. Well, Jerry, you know, what you said is the definition of generosity. Uh, no, I, I don't, you know, I'll tell you just pretty much like Paul said, I, you know, I've just been telling people of, of your goodness. You're just reflecting that goodness that Paul was talking about. Um, when it's a fact, it's not a boast. You know, as, as many people um, think otherwise of Tom Brady, I mean, the guy's got a handful of rings, and, you know, if you win, you win. That's, that is just it. If you are a person that loves the Lord, if you are in keeping with what he says we're supposed to do for those that are in need, if you are willing to put in your time, you know, just acknowledging that every now and then, I don't think that's boasting. I think that's something that could be commended. And I think also we should find ourselves commending one another for the things that they do for the things that we do, because look at how Paul told these Corinthians. Look, uh, we've got a, a comment there. Our church is one of the most generous churches I've been a part of. Amen. But look at what Paul was telling the Corinthians. Now, I, I know you guys have been preparing and I've been out here telling the Macedonians and those in Achaia, I've been telling them how you've been prepared. But, but just so that we don't slip now, I'm going to send these brothers there to prepare, prepare you and to pick this up so that at the proper time, your gift will be in place. Again, when we read in 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, that's what it's talking about, our giving 
to put it in regularly so that when the need comes, it is there. That's a part of your planning. That's a part of your being purposeful. So, as, as you said, Jerry, sometimes you think it's, it might sound a little braggadocious. It might sound maybe even a little conceited. But let me tell you, the proof is in the pudding. Generosity could be a subjective matter. One may think they're generous, and they aren't. Let me hear from, uh, I've got uh, Floyd Fowler with his hand up. Open up Floyd's microphone. Let me hear from my brother. Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Well, I just wanted to brag on somebody else. Maybe they'll brag on me. But I want to brag on Miss Mary Thomas, because as you brought it up a few minutes ago, uh, she's been a... Uh, she wouldn't do this herself, so I'm doing it for her. Okay, right. she's been the backbone of this thing, and uh, really ought to be commended for it. Amen, amen. Now that's true, and we have just many, many examples. Um, you know, if I might, and I'm sure you've heard me say this once, if not twenty times before. That food pantry started out of the generosity and the recognition of the need by Don and Avis Morris. I happened to be in their life group. It was, oh gosh, it was a great life group. The Morrises, Howard and Flossie Holshue, Lawrence Wells, I was, well, I was the youngest one in there. <laughs> but the point being, they started that work because they saw a need and they knew that they could help. And they did it for a reasonable amount of time before they even brought it to the life group. And our life group did it a reasonable amount of time before it was brought before the church and it became a full mission of the church. But it started with one couple's love for the Lord, love for people, and generosity that made that happen, that made it into what it is today. And that's something to be commended. And when we see that, just like uh, Brother Fowler said, when we see that, we are supposed to be complimentary. We are supposed to give those flowers while the people can enjoy them in this life. And again, look there in verse 7, the end of verse 7. It's real simple. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. These past two chapters in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 give us a very good guide on how we can be generous and how we can give. We have mentioned giving is not limited to um, cash resource or financial resource, but giving 
encompasses your time. Giving encompasses your emotions, your caring, your love. And when whatever form it comes in, when it's given in love, it's received in love. Some of the hardest situations that you will ever come across are made better because of people's compassion. It's made better because people are there to aid and comfort. And I wanna thank each and every person at the Laurel Congregation that gives and gives the way that they do because it's both reflective of their love for the Lord, love for their fellow man, and their willingness to obey what the Lord would have us to do. So when we think about that, you know, we have the opportunity. We have all sorts of opportunities. We don't need to go to each other and say, hey, you know, I gave so-and-so this. What was that uh, about not letting the left hand know what the right hand is doing there in Matthew? So we, we don't need to trumpet all the things that we do, but we need to have the right heart. We need to have the right disposition and we need to let our generosity flow. So, as we go into all of these verses through chapter eight and chapter nine, I just like you to again let your let your generosity in every way imaginable flow to those that you love. And when it flows to those that you love, it will flow to those that you don't even know. And that's when the Lord will be praised. I want you to be blessed, be safe, be generous. Enjoy the rest of the week. Look forward to the first day of the week and Brother Cook. Next week, we'll be taking 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I had spoken to one of my dear brothers, and he told me any time that I wanted to have him step in, he was ready. So <clears throat> if you hear another voice next week, it may be because I'll say I'm ready. But uh, until then, uh, God bless you all. Thank you very much. I hope you've gotten something from this lesson. And now the brothers, if you will take over, thank you. Good evening. Our first song tonight is How Firm a Foundation, number 457 in Songs of Faith and Praise. Mm -hmm. 
How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said? You who unto Jesus for refuge have fled. Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed. I, I am thy God, and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my gracious omnipotent hand. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell, should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Good morning, good afternoon. Um, it's been one of those crazy days. You kind of don't know whether it's day or night, whether or not you're coming or going. Today was not the greatest day, but I think there's something that could be had for that. Because I know that sometimes we have those bad days where we're heartbroken and frustrated, upset, even disappointed, and um, maybe like today, stressed. There's deadlines, there's people who are passing away, there's people who are sick, there's people who are going through tough times. Maybe it's dealing with the children. Uh, maybe it's dealing with the family. There are always um, bad days that come up. But sometimes you feel distant. And sometimes you feel brokenhearted. And sometimes you might even feel crushed. But what I'm reminded of is Psalms 34, verse 18, that reads, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed spirit. Perhaps even sometimes we just feel lost. Sometimes we just feel really low. Then I'm re reminded of Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, which reads, The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will be he will he will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. With all this that goes on, for all that we might endure, with all that I might have had to endure, I'm always reminded to be strong. Because the Lord is near, because the Lord is in the midst. So what can be against us? 
I would argue not much. I would argue nothing at all. And I would also argue that Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 is the, probably the most appropriate way to, clue, to close today. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. How good of a God do we have? He's always near. When we're brokenhearted, he saves us when our spirit is crushed. The same Lord is in our midst. He will save. He rejoices with gladness. He will quiet you by his love, that comfort, that exalting our Lord. You know, my kids, they say, hey, I have a boo-boo. And I give them a Band-Aid. And they, they, they appear miraculously, they feel better. You know, the Lord is that band-aid. That open wound of pain and hurt and suffering. The Lord just lays all of it aside. And suddenly the pain goes away. So it's not whether or not the Lord is there. It's not whether or not the Lord is near. It's not. The matter of this is if he's in his midst, is in the midst, but whether or not that we are knowing who to turn to uh, when times get tough or when we're disappointed or when we're heartbroken or when we just had a bad day. Isn't it good to know that there's a place that we're going to be going where there's no tears, no sorrows, all these silly things that we stress over? We don't have to worry about it. All we need to do is to stay the course, continue to run the race, continue to stay focused on Jesus. So if you are out there today and maybe you had a day like mine, hopefully at the end, you your day is better. Love you and God bless. Our next song is Blessed Be the Lord God Almighty. Mm -hmm. Father in heaven, how we love you. We lift your name in all the earth. May your kingdom be established in our praises. As your people declare your mighty works, Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who reigns forevermore. Father in heaven, how we love you. We lift your name in all the earth. May your kingdom be established in our praises. As your people declare your mighty works, Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, 
Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who reigns forevermore. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together again tonight to study your word. We thank you for the blessings you have given us that have allowed us to be a generous and giving congregation. And we ask you that we should be able to continue this, that your word may be spread throughout the world. Bless us until the, and keep us until the next time we come together again. In Christ's name, amen.